When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. You know what? That was a hell of a take, Joe. I agree with her. Excellent take. (laughs) It was really well laid out. It was really well laid out. I thought it sounded solid. I think the way you were set up and then the way you delivered, it's the classic comedy of, you know, set them up, make them think they're going somewhere, and then pull the rug out from under them. Job well done all the way around right there. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Job well done by you, by the way, Joe and Amber. Presented to you by Progressive Insurance, Joe Fortenbaugh, Amber Wilson with you here on Joe and Amber. Job well done from this mustache that you're growing that looks like it's in the beginning stages of this mustache. Do you want to explain? I feel like we've come to the point in the show before we get to James Harden in just a moment where we need to get to really the biggest news of the day, which was that when I looked at the television screen today, when I got to Seaport to sit down in Studio 3 to fire up the mic for this radio show, I looked to my left. Joe Fortenbaugh was on my television on Daily wager with a mustache on his face. So it's the beginning infancy stages. I guess you'd say we're in the first trimester of the mustache right now. (laughs) You know, we're just working our way through. We don't know the sex necessarily at this moment. Uh But this is a yearly tradition for me. I grow a mustache in the summer, and then the mustache is tied to my survivor pick in the NFL. For those unfamiliar with the survivor pool, you pick a team to win every single week of the season. Seems easy enough, right? If the team loses, you're eliminated. You don't get a second chance. The one catch is that you can't use the same team twice. So you've got to put some strategy into it. And whoever the last man standing is, the survivor, you take home the pot. So I tie my mustache to my survivor selection. Last year, it made it all the way to week one when I picked the loser Niners in Chicago against Fields and the Bears. And the Bears won that game. Everyone's like, well, you know, it was raining. It was raining. You should have known better. The Bears were also playing in the rain in that game. It's not like they were on an indoor track in Indianapolis. So this year, I'm hoping it goes better. The mustache is on its way in, getting ready for the Survivor season. Okay, well, we will see who survives this situation in Philadelphia because the relationship nice has soured. That's how you do it. That's why you know, first take. I'm all fancy now. Here yeah. you go. The relationship is soured between Daryl Morey and James Harden. James Harden, the 76ers guard, was at the Adidas press event in China. Here is what he had to say. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never get a article in the organization that he's a martyr. Let me say it again. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never get a part of the organization that he's a martyr. Let me say it again. So if you couldn't understand it, because it's not the best audio, which thanks, James, for saying it twice, Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be part of an organization that he is part of. These are two, a duo who has actually accomplished quite a bit together and certainly had a very good relationship. It's all the reason that James Harden forced his way to Philadelphia to begin with, and in fact, seemingly wanted to go straight to Philadelphia from Houston and had to make a stopover there in Brooklyn. He found his way to Daryl Morey. They're buddies. They've got a good relationship for many years. He opts into the final year there. He opts into that player option, 35 and a half mil or whatever it is. And 
I would imagine, probably had a conversation with Daryl Morey where they, where he said in the front office said, hey, if you opt into this thing, we'll trade you so that we can get something in return for you instead of letting you walk for nothing because we have seen James Harden in the past in his career leave money on the table. He opts in. Daryl Morey, on the other hand, apparently not intending here to trade James Harden. So I hate myself for this. I'm a Sixers fan and I hate myself for this, but I'm actually on Team Harden here. Mm-hmm. I think this is Maury's fault. I think he deserves the blame. I'm not saying Harden's handling it professionally, but if you go back and follow the timeline here, Harden took less money last season so the Sixers could go out and sign better players. He was willing to take less money because he was given the promise that he was going to get a long-term contract from his buddy Daryl Morey. He went out there and he played well in some playoff games, poorly in others. So here we go. It's now time for Maury to live up to his end of the bargain. Harden ends up opting in. Maury pulls the rug out from under him and decides, you know what? It's not going to get done. Trade's not getting done. Long-term contract's not getting done. And Harden's livid. Harden was lied to. He was betrayed. And worst of all, it came from someone that he thought he could trust, who he had done a lot of business with in the past. And for Maury... You should have known this was coming because at every single turn, Harden has turned on everybody. He turned on Dwight Howard. He turned on Chris Paul. He turned on Russell Westbrook. He turned on Durant and Kyrie Irving. He has turned on everybody throughout the course of his career. James Harden puts James Harden number one. And that's okay. If that's the way you want to go do business, you can do business that way. But don't get upset when we call you on it because that's what we see. And for Harden, he did exactly what he always does once he was burned by Maury. So this got to this point because of Daryl Maury, and now he's going to be the one that has to try to clean it up. It's amazing because I believe it was Yahoo who was reporting before, a few weeks ago, that Daryl Maury and the 76ers felt like ultimately James Harden would show up if they refused to trade him because of his good relationship with teammates. And I thought about all of those names you just rattled right? Off. And that hasn't been something that has been on James Harden's list of things that he cares about for his entire NBA career. James Harden cares about dollars. He cares about money. Daryl Morey was not willing to give him the long-term extension that James Harden wanted. And so he thought... I got to go somewhere else. I'm done here. It's a wrap. But he opts in because Daryl Morey clearly, or it seemingly anyways, had told James Harden that if he opts in, he'll trade him. We know where James Harden wanted to be traded to. We know James Harden wants to go to the Los Angeles Clippers. NBA, where is your memo to all the NBA teams about how atrocious it is for a player to have said where he wants to go and for his representation to have made it clear to the league where he wants to go? All right, I know what this is. I know what this is. Yes, I understand your gripe, but remember something. Harden never had to opt in. He could have gone and just signed with the Clippers. He did not need to opt in originally. Now that he did opt in, now that he did opt in, technically he falls under that same category of Daryl Morey's in a difficult situation because he wants to go to one team and the Clippers don't want to give up the house for James Harden, for an aging player, for a player that would be a good addition to that team, not a great addition to that team. Are they going to win a championship between because of James Harden? Now, James Harden's representation, in fairness, seems to have targeted the Clippers because they are in a position to trade something for James Harden. They have the picks to get it done, and they have some of the young assets as well to get it done. So it's not like the Clippers have nothing to trade here, but all the reports have been that they didn't really even engage in trade talks. The 76ers didn't with the Clippers, and they're the athletic 
Athletic was reporting back in mid-July that the 76ers, it was thought around the league from other executives, had no real intention of trading James Harden. And so Daryl Morey, it feels like, has always had this plan that despite what James wants, when he opts in, I ain't trading him anywhere. And it's an interesting plan because now you have a very disgruntled superstar in your hands who might break out the fat suit or might make their lives very, very (laughs) difficult in Philadelphia because that's what James Harden does when he wants out of an organization. And also, that might lead to an even more disgruntled, more important superstar in Joel Embiid. Yeah, and that's ultimately going to be the problem. I think I speak for most Sixers fans when I say it feels like we got as close as we were going to get, and now it's over. Jason Tatum delivered the death blow in wow, Game 6 and done. Game 7. You've yeah, already I think given it's done. up. You have the reigning MVP on your team, Joe. Yeah, he wasn't really the most valuable player, but it was nice that the voters went out of their way to really overweight the final two weeks of the regular season, which meant absolutely nothing in the grand scheme of things. But it was a good run. The thing is, I don't see how it's going to get any better. I don't think Harden's going to be back, and if he is, it's not going to help the team. I think ultimately Embiid is going to use this as a perfect opportunity to say, you know what, I've given you everything. You couldn't get me past the second round. Never mind that some of that is his fault, but he's going to look at Maury and say, I don't want to be around this guy. I don't like the way he managed it. I like Jimmy Butler. You got rid of him. You brought me James Harden. That didn't work. You drafted Ben Simmons. That didn't work. You drafted Markel Fultz. That didn't work. Enough's enough. I've been here long enough. I've put in my time, and the fans will understand. And then it's off to wherever the best fit is. I know the Knicks would be thrilled to get him. I know you keep talking about him coming to the Heat. I don't know. Is that actually real? Could you guys make that work? I've been saying it for years. I have been actually saying Joel Embiid, because of the relationship, Jimmy Butler's BFF is Joel Embiid. Even after them playing on the 76ers together, I have been saying watch for that for years. If Dame comes there, then no shot, right? But if they miss out on Dame and maybe this is the Blazers playing too hard ball, like that is an organization in Miami that always feels like the next big fish, the next whale is out there. Joel Embiid would certainly be that. New York also, another organization, though, that feels like everybody's going there. So God, if he goes to the Knicks and then he kills the Sixers, that would just be classic, classic Sixers. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio, we will talk about the team and and, and you guys all know who wrote this tease. Let me just read it for you right off my screen. We will talk about the team that lost to the reigning, defending, undisputed Super Bowl champions in our final two-a-day segment. That's up. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, let's go do our job, man. NFL Nation 2 a On ESPN Radio. The Philadelphia Eagles. Blue 58, go! I'm Tim McManus covering the Eagles, and the big question facing the squad is whether they can become the first NFC team since the 1974 Minnesota Vikings to lose the Super Bowl and then return to the game the following season. A lot of things going for this team, including an ascending quarterback in Jalen Hurts. Coach Nick Sirianni told me that he's seen another jump in Hurts' game this offseason, but they lost five defensive starters as well as their offensive and defensive coordinators and they face one of the toughest schedules in the entire NFL. The degree of difficulty has risen for this team. Let's see if they're up for the challenge. Countdown to kickoff with NFL Nation Two-A-Days on ESPN Radio. I love that analysis when we're talking about the Philadelphia Eagles. And this is Joe Fortenbaugh's Philadelphia Eagles. So I'm sorry, Joe, in advance if I say anything negative about this team. Oh, please. I think that this team is going to take a step back. I think, frankly, that quarterback might even take like a tiny step back, tiny step back. Small sample size that we saw from Jalen Hurts. Everybody has anointed him already of Patrick Mahomes quality. And Jalen Hurts is an incredible quarterback. But a lot of things went well for the Eagles last season. By win percentage, they had the easiest schedule in the entire NFL. That's probably not the case this season. That division alone has gotten better around the Eagles. The competition around the Eagles, yes, they're still in the NFC. Yes, the NFC is wide open. But the competition surrounding that team did get a bit better this season or should be a bit better this season. So that schedule is not going to look quite the same for the team that is going to have a number one schedule now coming off of a Super Bowl appearance. You heard there in that analysis all the defensive starters that they just lost. They lost Javon Hargrave. They lost a lot of important pieces. And then, oh, by the way, both coordinators as well. This is a lot of turnover for a Philadelphia team. So I agree with a lot of what you're saying. The schedule is going to be a lot harder. They were extremely healthy last season, so that's going to end up probably taking a step back as well. They're going to have the target on their back. They lost both lost both coordinators. I don't know if losing Gannon, the defensive coordinator, is that big of a blow. He couldn't do anything to stop the Chiefs in the second half of that Super Bowl. Like I think that defense benefited from the schedule more than anybody because they looked like an elite unit right up until they played a good offense, and then they got blown out of the water. But that's me digressing a little bit. I'll try to make the case for them, although I'm more in your camp, Amber, than I am in this camp. Who else is there in the NFC? Like If you were about to take a step back in the AFC, that's a problem. Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, Ravens, Browns on the rise, Dolphins, Jets, you name it. That conference is stacked. What are we worried about here? The Niners? Okay, I'll give you that. Niners are a very good team, very well coached. Maybe some questions at quarterback. Do we think Brock Purdy is going to be that good again? That's a question mark. Uh, who else? The Cowboys? Yeah, I think, right. I think the Cowboys took a step forward. I think the Giants took a step forward. I mean, I can make the argument within their own division. 
I'm not worried at all about the Giants. They were 8-4-1 and one in one-score games last season, and if you look at the second half of the schedule, they completely fell apart. They benefited from a lot of last-possession wins and beating up on nobodies. They're, they're going to be good. They're not going to be great. Dallas is the intriguing one. Back-to-back 12-win seasons. They've got a ton of talent, but again, Mike McCarthy's the head coach. Mm-hmm. Kellen Moore is no longer calling the plays there, and if the Chargers have an incredible-looking offense early in the season and the Cowboys struggle, that is going to be a big talking point that McCarthy let Kellen Moore go, and he's not holding that team up to task. So I think you look around the NFC, the good news for the Eagles is that even if they take a step back, 9-8, and 10-7, and seven, they're still going to the playoffs, and once you're in the dance, anything can happen. You're right that it's if they were in the AFC, this this would be a much more difficult conversation oh, yeah. than them playing in the NFC. So you're right that it's still certainly a possibility that we find them at the very top of that conference come the end of the season. But typically we don't, right? Typically a team in this situation that was just in a Super Bowl and then had to pay the quarterback a monster deal and also had to make very difficult decisions in part because of that, which just happens in a salary cap sport. And you have to let your best defenders walk. You have to let a lot of key pieces of that Super Bowl appearance team walk, and then you lose significant portions of your coaching staff as well. Typically, a team in that situation would be poised to take a step back. Also, you mentioned the schedule, and I just I feel like I can't overstate the schedule enough, and it was you who taught me that because you kept saying all throughout last season, this Eagles schedule is easy, this Eagles schedule is easy, and we got to a postseason, and you kept saying they were benefiting because they were so healthy coming into a postseason. They were essentially rested in a postseason, and then look what the competition they faced in a postseason. I mean, they're in a conference championship game against a team that doesn't even have a quarterback right. because they run through all of its quarterbacks. Like Things are going to break that way way again for the Philadelphia Eagles. It just seems statistically impossible. That schedule is going to be more difficult. The postseason competition is going to be more difficult. They're set to face the AFC East and the Chiefs in non-divisional games. So yes, they are not in the AFC, but they are going to be taking on some of the very, very best competition in the AFC. It's going to be, I think, a much more difficult season for Philadelphia overall. They're still going to be great, but we're talking about are they going to make it back to a Super Bowl? And I, I, my money would be my money would be against them doing so. Yeah, again, I agree with you. But just to play devil's advocate, the Jalen Hurts contract this year, the cap hits only six million, right. so they're still able to spend, which is why James Bradbury and Darius Slay are both back. That might be the best cornerback tandem in the NFC, if not the NFL. We talk about the loss of Hargrave. Yeah, going to San Francisco, that's going to sting. But Jalen Carter fell to you out of Georgia, and he looked really good in the first preseason game. Not to say that that's going to hold up all season long, but you've got him there as well. So it's possible that he'll be replaced. And the Hurts contract, even the year after, is only $13.5 million in terms of a cap hit. So the window's still there. The opportunity's still there. The best thing in their favor is the fact that the NFC's thin. I'm not going to call it weak. I'm just going to call it thin which is why they can find themselves back in the contention. But for all the points you laid out and I agree with, I think it's very unlikely because at some point, I think the injury bug hits them and that's what's going to derail the season. Also with Jalen Hurts, a small sample size. So I understand what he looked like last season. He still has an excellent O-line in front of him. He's still got the weapons that he had around him last season. I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to go back to the season before in terms of production. But I also think it's a little quick, a little quick that everyone has anointed him the next Patrick Mahomes. He's a superstar in his own right, but some of that feels a little fast for me. I would not be surprised 
if he took a little dip in production this season, the expectations also coming into the season wildly different than the expectations he was dealing with coming into last season. Now things are real. Coming up next, we're going to tell you why your team won't win the Super Bowl. The Cowboys and the Bengals fans, they need to buckle up. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Amber Wilson and Joe Fortenbaugh hanging out with you. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. We are kicking off our 24-hour fantasy football marathon. Fantasy football is back. We are so close to the kickoff for the NFL season. I can taste it. If you can, too, and you're excited about fantasy football, sign up at ESPN.com slash FFL or download the ESPN Fantasy app. It is easy. It is fun. And it is free, which we all like free things. So Joe Fortenbaugh, you were holding down the fort for me last week on Joe and Amber while I was on the morning show. It's been a minute since I've been back on this show with you. I understand that you debuted a new segment without me. So something we were working on, it's a little something called why your team won't win the Super Bowl. I'm from the Northeast. I'm pessimistic by nature. I don't like the fact that everybody feels optimistic going into the start of the season. All of this, hey, we're 0-0, anything can happen. No, no, I'm here to tell you not anything can happen. Most of you, in fact, all of you except one franchise, will taste defeat to end your seasons. So what we are debuting is something that's called why your team won't win the Super Bowl. We're going to do two teams a night. We hit the Super Bowl teams from last year, the Chiefs and the Eagles. We did that last week. And tonight we're going to debut two more. So go ahead and hit the music. Why your team won't win the Super Bowl. Oh, no. We suck again. With Joe and Amber. There's a chance we won't win. That's amazing imaging. How about that? (laughs) The first time I've heard that. By the way, you mentioned that we're going to be doing this every day this week. Because Joe and Amber, we're going to be on Joe and Amber every single day this week. You're welcome, America. Yes. All right. Now, I'll bring you into this. Very simple. You're just making the case for why the Dallas Cowboys won't win the Super Bowl. This is going to get really easy when we get to teams like the Houston Texans and Arizona Cardinals. But for now, there's a bit of a challenge. So, Amber Wilson... Why won't the Dallas Cowboys win the Super Bowl? Because they're the, they are the Dallas Cowboys. Is that a legitimate answer? <laughs> I feel like enough. that's the best ding, ding. answer, right? Uh, because they're the Dallas Cowboys. Re- realistically, I do think the Cowboys are going to be better this season than people expect. But the reason that they won't win the Super Bowl is because of the departure of Kellen Moore. Because now we are relying on Mike McCarthy, who as a head coach, we've already had clock management questions with to call plays as well on offense during the game. He's taking on all the responsibility. He wants to shoulder all of the responsibility, but with great responsibility also comes great risk here for Mike McCarthy. I could see this being a real problem for that offense. I could see it being a problem for Dak. I also have other concerns beyond just the OC. You are talking about losing their star tight end, replacing him with a rookie. There are other concerns on this team. We've seen Dak when he doesn't have his favorite targets. I think it was the biggest reason that he did take a step back in production and in terms of accuracy last season was the departure of Amari Cooper. I don't think we made enough of that. Now here you have the departure of Dalton Schultz. I think that these things add up to the Cowboys once again being being the Dallas Cowboys. Back-to-back 12-win seasons. A lot of reason to be optimistic if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan this season. There aren't a whole lot of threats in the NFC. The Eagles, yes, 
the Detroit Lions possibly, the Niners, yes, the New Orleans Saints, maybe. I don't know. We're going to find out about the NFC South and whether or not they have anything to offer. But if you're a Cowboy fan, it's wide open. CeeDee Lamb is a bona fide number one. Zach Martin is back in the fold after the news today that he and the Cowboys have agreed to restructure his contract. He's going to report your best offensive lineman is back in the mix. Tony Pollard is a nice running back who has a chance to break out this season. Deuce Vaughn was a solid draft pick out of Kansas State. And the defense led by Micah Parsons and defensive coordinator Dan Quinn could be one of the most ferocious in the conference. But it's going to come down to the quarterback-coach relationship. And the problem in Dallas is that the quarterback can't bail out the coach for his shortcomings and the coach can't bail out the quarterback for his shortcomings because they both make the same mistakes in the same big spots. That's what a great relationship is between coach and quarterback. Maybe you have a coach who struggles a bit with game management, but he's got a great quarterback like Peyton Manning who's able to go ahead and see the field and understand everything that needs to be done. Maybe you have a great statistical mind and head coach who's able to put a quarterback who might not be the brightest guy in the world or might not be the greatest with game management, but he's able to put him in favorable situations, make the right calls, and keep him calm in the process. The coach-quarterback relationship is extraordinarily important, and they have to complement each other. They have to be able to supplement each other as well. And in Dallas, they don't do that. McCarthy can't cover up Prescott's shortcomings. Prescott can't cover up McCarthy's shortcomings. And essentially, they will be in a marquee playoff game. The game will be on the line late in the fourth quarter, and those two will combine to make one really big mistake or fail to make one really big play in order to get past the opposition. And that ultimately is what will doom them and prevent them from winning the Super Bowl. But I will admit, they have as much of a chance as almost anybody out there to make a deep run in the postseason. We've seen that happen before. We've seen them get doomed from the meltdown, right? We just saw it in the divisional round this past season. That offense completely melt down. That team was also loaded with talent on both sides of the ball. This team loaded with talent on both sides of the ball. It just feels like because of the way that the Cowboys operate, that we're headed towards that conclusion. Once again, for Dallas, it will be that new voice in Dak Prescott's ears, in his headset, even if it is a familiar voice in his head coach. The reason Mike McCarthy wanted to take over that role, he said that when you're just a pure OC, you don't necessarily have in mind things for the entire team. Kellen Moore always wanted to push things offensively, high-flying offense, but sometimes a Apparently, Mike McCarthy just wanted to run the ball, pound the ball to give his defense more rest. Kellen Moore wasn't considering the health of the defense in that regard. So I guess Mike McCarthy feels like running this offense for the benefit of the entire team will go better. I think that's a big risk because it also sounds like a different approach in this age of the NFL. In a 2023 NFL, we're going to sort of go backwards to a more traditional approach under Mike McCarthy is what it sounds like. So I think that could spell trouble for a team that we've seen run into trouble time and again. Let's talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. Why won't they win a Super Bowl, Joe? This is a tough case to make because they've got all the swagger in the world. Joe Burrow and what he's accomplished since he took over as the starter of that team. They were in the NFC or excuse me, AFC championship game last year. They lose by three at Arrowhead. No shame in that. The year before they're in the Super Bowl, they're barely getting beat by the Los Angeles Rams. It feels like they're right on the cusp. But it also is already starting to feel like the injuries are getting them. Maybe not all the way, but Burrow's going to start the season with that calf injury. And if he isn't able to go in week one, or he's limited in week one, they're on the road against Cleveland. 
It's not going to surprise me in the least if Cleveland beats them in that game. Cleveland is my number one sleeper this season. If Cleveland beats them in that game, the Bengals are 0-1 and playing the Baltimore Ravens the following week. Love the Ravens this year as well. If the Ravens get them and they start 0-2, it's not the end of the world. 17 games, Cincinnati can find its way back to the playoffs. But if you don't grab the number one seed in the AFC, good luck. Because the team that does gets the bye and they get home field advantage. And when you're talking about how good all these teams are and how close they are in terms of competition, it's the thinnest of margins to determine who's going to be the team to represent the conference. And having that extra week of rest and that home field advantage could very well, like it was last year, be the difference as to whether or not the Bengals advance or don't. They could get off to a slow start. That's why they won't end up winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, I could see the Bengals winning the Super Bowl, but that's not the game that we're playing here. We're playing why the Bengals won't win the Super Bowl. And if they're not winning the Super Bowl, it is because of the slow start that Joe just said. I know Jamar Chase said, hey, we don't need our guy back until week five because anything before that doesn't really matter. That's not entirely true when you are in a completely stacked AFC. Another injury to Joe Burrow as we enter a season we Oh, seen him overcome them time and time again. But I am one who believes that that ankle injury is more severe than they're letting on because, frankly, if it was a grade one, I think they would have already told us. So the health of Joe Burrow is of the utmost importance as we enter the season. And you're talking about a Cincinnati team that had a good deal of talent on defense in terms of a turnover. That defensive side of the ball is going to look somewhat different. So losing that level of talent on defense – The secondary is going to look completely different on that defense. You do have a lot of change defensively for the Cincinnati team. It's a hard case to make, but the other component of this is exactly what you said. It's the AFC. And the AFC is going to beat up these other great teams in the AFC all season long, that level of competition. So when you come into a postseason, are you going to be the healthy team? The time that the Bengals ended up in the postseason, Joe, I remember, or in the Super Bowl, rather, I remember having having Adam Schefter on with me on air and asking him, and we were going into the postseason, and I asked him, because that was that weird year that was like COVID still and lots of injuries to a lot of people and a lot of players and a lot of people out because of protocols as well. And I remember saying to him, are the Cincinnati Bengals the healthiest team? Is that going to matter here? Because they were, at the time, unusually healthy. And he acted like it was the dumbest question he'd ever heard. Uh, (laughs) And they ended up in a Super Bowl. I'd say that had something to do with it. Health matters here for all of these teams. It is tough sledding in the AFC. You're already entering the season with health concerns for the Bengals. And I could easily see health concerns catching up to them after that level of competition. I mean, their first two games of the season are going to be absolute bangers, as the kids would say. Cleveland and Baltimore against Cincinnati in weeks one and two. Like, the AFC North is going to come out swinging this year. Everybody in the AFC feels like they're going to come out swinging this year. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, it is your time to weigh in. Joe and I are back in the saddle, so we are back to opening up the phone lines to you. We missed you, America. Give us a call. 888-SAY-ESPN, your hottest take Why won't the Bengals or the Cowboys make it to a Super Bowl? Are the Chiefs or the Eagles most likely to get back to a Super Bowl? Whatever you have for us, Harden on Maury, Triple H, ESPN. Your call's next. Joe and Amber, the podcast. We are back and you are back. The phone line is lit. We appreciate you for chiming immediately back in. 
Joe Fortenbaugh and Amber Wilson with you here on Joe and Amber. Find him at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. You can also give us a call. Triple eight, say ESPN. Let's play some caller roulette. 13 black hot. No winner. Spin the wheel. Make a deal. It's a game of chance. Let's play. Call a roulette with Joe and Amber. Let's spin it. Terrence wakes up in the morning and calls me when I'm on the morning show. He's back <laughs> here calling on Joe and Amber in the evening. Terrence, you are loyal. I appreciate you. Go ahead. I work at night. That's why I was up able to call you in the morning. Uh, Dalvin Cook, that signing with the Jets tells me that uh, it's Super Bowl. It's AFC Championship or bust. I'm not going to go Super Bowl because it can't beat Kansas City. But I think it's Super Bowl. It's AFC Championship or bust. Thanks, guys. And I miss you, Amber. <laughs> uh, well, we're back, Terrence, all week. Uh, so we appreciate you being back here as a caller. Triple Eight, say ESPN. That's how you become Terrence. Joe, I, I agree that that's where those expectations are. I think it's a bit absurd when we consider where the Jets were this past season, but you got Aaron Rodgers. Now you have another piece because we learned Dalvin Cook, one-year deal to the New York Jets. Adam Schefter reported that about two hours ago. If it's not Super Bowl or bust, then the Jets have the wrong mantra going into the season because that's what it is when you acquire Aaron Rodgers. You go out, you bring in Dalvin Cook to go along with what you already have, notably on the defensive side of the ball. It's not Super Bowl bust in Houston. In Houston, it's let's get this thing back on track. This should be a good first step, right? If you move over to a team like your Miami Dolphins, it's not Super Bowl or bust. It's, hey, we made the playoffs last year in year one or to Mike McDaniel. Let's try to make a little bit more noise this year. Let's build off of that. For the Bengals, Super Bowl or bust. Bills, Super Bowl or bust. Same thing with the Chiefs. Same thing with the Eagles, Niners, Cowboys. Everything else is a disappointment, but for some of these teams, it's just about taking the next step. For the Jets, Terrence is absolutely right. Super Bowl or bust, no matter how bad they were last season. It's also Super Bowl or bust when your quarterback is 39 years old, right? I mean, that's the reality. Even some of those other teams that you mentioned, like the Bills have those expectations, sure, except for Josh Allen ain't going anywhere, and that man has a very long career ahead of him. Even Kansas City, right? I, I mean, what does it matter? If Patrick Mahomes doesn't win another one this season, it doesn't. To New York... Oh, it matters. Aaron Rodgers needs to get a Super Bowl here. And if it isn't happening this season, it better happen next season. Triple Eight, say ESPN, spin it. If he's coming back for next season, I know that contract says two years, but we know he's going to dance for the retirement in the off season. So we're all talking about him. We know how that Aaron Rodgers experience works. Gerald is calling us from Wisconsin. Hey, Gerald, thanks for the call. What do you have for us? All right, I'm giving you your hot take that you wanted, um, but I'm going to back it up. Um, Jordan Love is going to outplay, not necessarily be better, but outplay Aaron Rodgers this year. It's all about the offensive line, a Shanahan offense um, that Matt LaFleur was never going to be able to run correct when he had Aaron Rodgers, who's going to tell Aaron Rodgers we're going to run the ball and play defense. Two great running backs, and Joe Barry finally figured out he has to listen to his players towards the end of last season and not try and fit that square peg in a round hole. Um, he figured it out. Packers' defense got better. I know they underperformed at this 
I think we lost you, Gerald. He's not crazy. I can I tell, like Green Bay. I can tell by that accent that that is a Green Bay Packers fan. Gerald has a lot of hope that they're not going to miss a beat without the uh, four-time NFL MVP. Aaron I think I think they are severely undervalued. They are they are not in a strong song division. The fact that we're already anointing Detroit, who does hasn't done anything in four decades, Breach. that's a little bit going over. Like, yeah, they're the favorites, but let's not go ahead and write it off. For the rest of the division, everyone's excited about the Bears. They're taking a step in the right direction, but they won three games last year. Minnesota's headed for regression. They were 11-0 and in one-score games, and that leaves the Packers. Like, the Packers are being viewed and priced as a bad team because everyone is viewing the quarterback as a bad quarterback. He's thrown 83 career passes. What if it turns out Jordan Love isn't a bad quarterback? What if he's average? What if he's above average? Suddenly the Packers are going to threaten eight or nine wins. It's not like it's a daunting schedule. So don't write them off. I wouldn't be surprised if they make some noise and surprise some people this year. It just can't happen again, right? Like lightning can't strike a third time. Oh my God. In that regard, I I don't, I don't even want to even think about it, but those are like the nicest people. The thing is Packer fans are exceedingly nice. So if it's going to happen to anyone, I'm okay if it happens to them. I don't want it happening to Cowboy fans or Giant fans or Patriot fans. Love you all outside of that stuff. But, you know, on Sundays, on Sundays, we're going to war with each other. Let's spin it. Hollywood is calling us from Florida. Hey, Hollywood, what's your take? Amber Wilson, Jaguar Nation, we want you. Ditch the... uh, Mammal and come with the big cat. <laughs> now, the uh, Jaguars, they will represent the AFC. They were on the verge of tying the Chiefs in the uh, in that game. And if Agnew doesn't fumble inside the five-yard line, they're going in for the score. And after that, who knows? It's over for Muppet Mahomes for this year anyway. I think he'll win more Super Bowls, unfortunately. But I think they're going to regress because the AFC is loaded. So, Amber Wilson, come with the Jaguars. I know that you like the color teal. Just come with the big cat. Uh, thank you for the call, Hollywood. I, I will. They already won. They already won the AFC South ahead of schedule, Joe. And I do think that's a team that could take another big step forward in a very stacked conference. I, do, I don't think it's the craziest take I've ever heard. Here's the thing with the Jags. They look good, they're well coached, but their offensive line is a problem. Right tackle left to sign with the Kansas City Chiefs, left tackle serving a four-game suspension for PEDs to open the year. The offensive line is thin, so be careful there. On top of that, the defense lost 14 of 42 sacks from last season and did very little to replace it. So this is a good team, but in terms of greatness, they aren't very deep and there are some concerns. I see them winning the division, but once they go head-to-head with the big boys in the AFC, that's when they're going to have a problem. I mean, they already won the division ahead of schedule, like I said, so I could easily see them winning the division again this season. It's that step forward that you could see from Trevor Lawrence, and he doesn't even need to take a big step forward. All he needs to do is be that guy that we saw the second half of this past season, but now he's got Calvin Ridley, and I think that's going to be huge. I feel like we've forgotten about him because we didn't see him play football for a season. It's not like he's coming off of an injury, and that's why he didn't play football. He got in trouble for doing what Joe Fortenbaugh does every day. And that's why he got in trouble. Yeah, living that dream. So I think that... Uh, he yeah, should not but, uh, be living but that But you dream. should not be if you're an NFL player. No. There is your PSA to any extent. Wait until you retire to bet. Do not live your dream when you are an NFL player. We have been living our dream here on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber is back. We are going to be back with you 
all week long, America. So buckle up. This has been the Joe and Amber podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.